Today we have Corey Peterson on the show. Are you looking for how to start building wealth through real estate? Corey Peterson is a multifamily investor with close to 2,000 units. He's an author, a podcast host, a mastermind host, and a coach. Corey has learned how to create both financial freedom and time freedom. Corey motivates himself to continue growing as he loves being the supplier of fun for others. Before we jump into the intro, this is our 50th podcast episode. I can't even believe how fast it took for us to get here. It seems like yesterday that I was just trying to figure out how to even start a podcast. I'm looking for your help going forward. I'd like to hear your comments. As listeners, please go to the YouTube page for this episode and provide comments. Comments on this episode, comments on prior episodes, comments on topics for future episodes, comments on potential guests for future episodes. Help me make the show as valuable as possible for you, the listener. I thank you in advance for all of your feedback. Now, on to the intro. Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing. Be introduced to the players that are getting it done and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder. A little background on Corey Peterson before we start the show. Corey and his family live in Arizona. He's built a multifamily portfolio close to 2,000 units. Corey's achieved both financial freedom and time freedom. He loves Jeeps loves building wealth, and loves teaching others how to do it. Now, on to the show. Welcome, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest here with us today. We have Corey Peterson. Corey, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Darren. I really appreciate it. Look forward to it. Absolutely. So today's a special day today as well because it's the It's actually my 50th podcast episode, started the podcast last year, do one per week, and I can't believe it's been almost a year, but um, love having you on as the 50th. So um, just a little bit uh, to the listeners and viewers on how we know each other. Um, So if you are in the multifamily space, I'm sure that you know about Corey Peterson, Um, but I've no, I knew of him through social media, and then we were both speakers at a online multifamily conference uh, that Dan Hanford put on called a Multifamily Investor Summit. And then um, I was on Corey's show, and and I'm just honored to have him on here today. So, uh, Corey, appreciate you coming on. And um, you know, first question I typically ask is how many properties and how many units um, do you currently invest in? Yeah, so I think we have uh, seven active projects. Um, close. So this is a it's funny. I don't know the exact number. My wife probably does, but I think it's like nineteen hundred and something units, or almost two thousand. So uh, Shelly knows the exact number. I, I don't get in the weeds. No worries. <laughs> no, no worries. Two thousand units. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. You know, there's. I talk to people all the time, some, some that are in that same boat where they're scaling, you know, they're 500 units looking to get to a thousand, um, others that are just trying to break in and, and get their first deal. And then third people that, you know, really don't have the time to go out and run around and find deals, but they want to partner with syndicators and, and invest their money passively. So, um, you've been in the space for a long time, you know, you have a company called Kahuna Investments. You know, can you share a little bit about, you know, how long you've been in the business and how'd you come up with the name? Yeah, that's a great story. So uh, 
I've been in business since 2005 is when Kahuna Investments was born. And to tell you how I started and how I got the name for that, I got to back up almost uh, 19 years ago, actually almost 20 years ago. Um, something happened that radically changed my life. And uh, my mom was married to a man named Bruce. I call him Bruce Wayne. Um, he wasn't he wasn't Batman, but Bruce was loaded. And um, he invited us to Hawaii. And so uh, and it was my girlfriend, now my wife of 19 years. Um, Congratulations. So we yeah, thank you. So we get to Hawaii and we didn't know this, but Bruce had a house right on the beach. And so we get on the beach and uh, it's on a cove. We walk the cove and, you know, our first day there in the morning, we walk to the other side to the point, watch the sun come up. We're holding hands, hand in hand. I look over at Bruce's house and I was like, man, what does this guy do? Because Bruce had the two things I think we're all searching for, which is time and money. And he had him them both in spades. And it was different. I could tell it was different. So I asked him, I'm like, what do you do? And then he said the magic words. He said he was in real estate and they own apartment complexes. So I wish the story got better because Bruce was a grumpy old man. My mom was really pretty. Don't judge my mom. She got me to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I left the island thinking he was the big kahuna. Like he had it going on. Six months later, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that's when it all clicked. I was like, that's Bruce is a real estate investor that buys cash flowing properties. I got it then. And I went on a journey. And lo and behold, um, I started off as a single family, or actually as a wholesaler, no money, no credit. Then to single family fix and flip, I learned how to raise some private money. Um, and then ultimately, we bought our first apartment deal in 2011. And that's all we do now. And uh, we've got a portfolio of like $135 million. And uh, we're actually huge. probably going to buy like $30 million of uh, acquisitions this year. So it's going to be a great year. That's fantastic. You know, the thing that's common with what you did and with a lot of other people that I've interviewed is, is that they found somebody that was already successful. And then you, you know, were like, you had this curiosity and then you went and found out like, well, how'd you do it? And then you decided, you know what, this is, I'm going to go after this as well. I mean, so that's yeah. huge. Well, and I had some roadblocks too. I wouldn't all like, you know, I, I just gave you a story of the pretty version, right? <laughs> But the, the real version is, is a lot of failure, right? And I had to learn to fail a lot. And, you know, my first failure was, you know, I started off as a wholesaler. And then, um, you know, well, I, well actually, start, I started off, I had, my first failure was I took a home equity line of credit out of my home to get some money. I had like 25 grand. I bought some, uh, I bought like three fix and flippers. And I did them all myself. And I made a little bit of money on each one. But then I did, uh, I went, took all that money and bought three rental properties and I fixed them all up, but I had all my money in the rental properties and I was making $200 cash flow per property. So all that money turned into $600 a month and uh, it just wasn't enough. And so I ended up, I hit my, my first roadblock. I didn't know what to do. So I went back and got a job <laughs> as a financial advisor. So I had oh, to put my- Did you really? Real, yeah, I, I put my uh, dreams on hold for a little bit. Um, because I didn't know how to get out of it. I, and it's funny, but Darren, it was, Bruce never taught me. I was book taught up until then. Where my life changed is when I really reached out and found mentors that guided me. So in 2009, I, I was a financial advisor for Forever Jones from like 2005 until 2009 when the market crashed. When the market crashed, I realized I had no control of every investment I made from everybody that was in Wall Street, like none. And I realized that um, I wanted control and I wanted to help people make money. And real estate was really my passion. And so, and what was on the other side of the crash, real estate was on sale. So I went, that's when I went full time. And that's when I saw it out though, but I did, did it differently. Instead of being book read, I went to the local RIAs. I found mentorship, I found guidance. And that my friend has changed everything for me. So uh, where, where do you live? I live in Phoenix, Arizona. So you're in Arizona. So you, uh, were you there at the time back, back in 2009? Yeah. So then you yeah, found, you, you found a mentor, um, you started leveraging that. And then, you know, 
I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I'd like to get your take up. A lot of people that I've talked to that, you know, they started with a mentor that teaches them how to buy multifamily and then they don't stop. They like, okay, they found somebody there and then now they go looking for another mentor to help them get to like the next level and then keep leveling up. Do you find yourself doing the same thing? I find that's what I do in masterminds. So masterminds. I'm a part of like, I'm part of probably two or three masterminds that I pay a lot of money to join and be part of them. And I surround myself. So when you really think about it, like who do you surround yourself with is a reflection of probably, you know, the things that come into your life that are really good and the, the learning curve gets shortened. And, and I like to have some, so I've got some business uh, masterminds that I'm in that really we don't all have real estate in common. We just have business in common. Right. And I like that because I get to get a different spin on things and, and it's really cool. But then I also have my uh, multifamily masterminds that I go in or the real estate ones where some of them are fix and flip. I even belong to some fix and flip ones too, right? So I, I find those, I learn things from those guys in their systems and operations piece that they usually talk about. But my game, I'll tell you hands down, when I got into masterminds, the value of masterminds is what changed the game for me. So because talk, there's so much that. information what? there. What, what, is, what is the big secret of, of being a part of a mastermind? The right mastermind, the right ones. Now, there's a lot of crappy ones out there, but the right ones do it with a giving heart. Like any, if you've got to be a part of the group, you've got to give. And when I talk about gives, it's not like, well, yeah, here's what I do. It's no, here's what I do exactly. Step one, here's step two, here's step three. And here it is, all the cart in the Excel spreadsheet. That's the kind of gift. And not worrying about, oh, I'm going to have competition. No. <laughs> right. Right. It's never that way. And, and then what the, happens? You get it back tenfold. Yeah. And then you give the same thing tenfold because I might have something that they didn't even know was, you know, part of like, the, you know, and they're like, dude, I'm going to take that idea and, and make it something. Right. So I'll give you a good example. Um, let's see if I got it here. Uh, this is totally off script here, but I I want to grab it because I know it. Yeah, there it is. All right, so if, if you're watching right now, so there's a, here's this binder, okay? This is what I call my property binder. And so what do we give every investor that invests with us? We kind of give them this binder. This was not my idea. I got it from a mastermind that was the guy that was doing notes. He had a note business, and everybody that bought one of his notes, he created a binder, and, you know, it had like, you know, their documents, their paperwork and all their stuff. And I was like, dude, that is a great idea. Why am I not giving my investors something to their house, FedEx it, make it special with all their documents so they can put it in their bookshelf and in the spines, they can see all the money they're making every quarter. <laughs> and I was, so that's what you get in a mastermind is you find some ideas and tricks that you can turn into money, dude. And, and that's the difference, Darren, in what masterminds has well, done I can, for me. It's I can tell you I'm invested passively in somewhere, I don't know, 10 plus or minus 10 or 11 uh, deals and, and GP and three. And I have never received a binder um, from, from anyone, you know? So, um, I'm, you know, I'm happy with my investments, but, you know, the, the touch, the touchy feely, like, you know, build the brand and build the relationship. You know, once the mon money is wired, it's a matter of just getting that email every month. So that that's a nice touch. And, and the fact that you didn't even think about it, you had somebody else, you know, you took something else from a different industry, a different, you know, now, completely now different product. I, I'm going to tell you how I just plussed it too, right? So first we just send the binder and I shared an idea with some of my students. And then they came up and said, hey, Corey, check this out. They had the binder set up the way we te teach now, right, for all our students to do it. And then they're like, but Corey, look at this. Now we put it in, the, we put the binder in a box. And in the box, we put our, uh, you know, uh, our mug, right? So I'd put now your rent stew mug, right, your Brandon mug. Um, then they put a shirt. We have a cool shirt. Like Now, this was the other people, they're like, here's what we're doing. We're giving them a shirt. We're giving them this, and then they open this thing up, and it says, don't keep us a secret. And um, it was something, you know, I can't remember what it was. I was like, dude. 
So guess what we did, <laughs> right? Tell me. We've stepped up our game. Now we got our cool little custom box that's branded and, you know, and now we got our shirt. We got our mug that goes in that damn thing. So now not only do they get their stuff like Dill, but we're going to give them some swag because I find that your investors love if you've got cool swag they'll, and it feels good, right? Don't ever buy cheap stuff, right? If you're going to buy a shirt, buy a nice shirt that feels comfortable, that they want to wear. And um, that's what we've done. And, and dude, we get raving fans out of it. That's huge. I mean, look, I've talked to countless syndicators that have said, you know, when I say, um, and maybe we'll talk about this later, but what, you know, when I ask, where do you find your passive investors? And, you know, time and time and time again, I hear people say, look, your existing investors are your biggest lead source. So, you know, your first deal, you do well by them. And then not only do they want to come back, but they tell their brothers and their sisters and their mom and dad and aunt and uncle and friends and colleagues. And, and so there's a ton of referrals that can happen from that. And so some people may be thinking, well, man, I don't want to pay the cost of creating that binder and sending out free swag, but it's, you know, an investment in the future, you know, um, to, Dude, to help money. grow your investor base. Why would you like, it is the best investment you'll ever make that thing to create that and send it is peanuts to get one referral. It gives you a hundred thousand dollars. Come on. So, you know, and then it, you know, leads into communicating with a newsletter. So here's a newsletter that we do every month, right? And, you know, we just have different articles. We have an investor spotlight. Why? Because people like to look at themselves and, <laughs> you know, and hear about themselves written down. And, and so we're always trying to way, find ways to edify our investors, to uh, lift them up, to praise them and to reward great behavior, which is a nice referral. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, sometimes, um, if somebody's looking to, to invest passively, you know, talking about having that investor profile on there, look, somebody wants to invest passively. They may not be able to relate to a syndicator, you know, that is out chasing deals and, and, you know, building wealth that way, but they may relate to the story of, you know, a physician who is making money. And he's decided he doesn't want to put all his money in the stock market and he's investing in, in these multifamily syndications. And so um, it gives, you know, new investors something to to see themselves in. Yeah. And even talk about it, right. Like anytime you can give an investor when they do something and then they start seeing it happening for the first time, like if you said, hey, I'm going to give you a quarterly payment and it's going to be this and then you actually do it. Um, all of a sudden, they're because even when first people give you their first money, I think they still think. Uh, did I make the right choice? Right. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. It's not until that first paycheck starts to show up that they're like, oh, well, that's that's pretty cool. And then when it keeps happening and then so it's always, you know, fun to remind them and give them ways to share a story. That's why, like we have on the back the crossword puzzle. Well, why? Because we want this thing sitting in somewhere for a couple of days. They might have friends over. They might be like, oh, what's that? Right. Oh, that's this, you know, or, or just whatever. So it's, it's funny um, in the game of finding clients and potential investors and, and raising money and, and really creating award-winning experiences, um, all the little things, they add up to something pretty big. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, look, when you, based on your story, you, you were talking about, you started in, in real estate, you know, then you had to go back to being a financial advisor and then you came back into real estate. So you had to, you had a startup phase, like everybody has a startup phase, right? If you're in real estate, there's always a first investment property, but now you've had a lot of success and now you're developing a way to give back. And so, you know, some of those ways are, you have a very popular podcast. Um, you also have a mastermind. You also have a, a summit for raising capital. So talk about like how you add those things on and, and why you do that. Now, there's a financial gain to you for that, right? But there's other people that are learning how to get in the game because you're teaching them. 
Yeah. So then let me preference this just because I think it's really important. <laughs> I make most of my money doing real estate. It's what I love. It's my passion. I'm a real estate investor. That's what I do. I educate because I truly enjoy it. I found that I have to charge people to educate because if not, it's going to waste a lot of my time. So I only have so much time and I'm really a real estate guy that enjoys teaching and coaching, but it's not my primary and will never be my primary. In fact, I've tapered it down to even less and less and less because I only want to teach the right people that are ready to, you know, when the student appears, the, you know, there comes the sensei, right? Right. And so that's kind of my philosophy. But the reason I teach and coach is it, it, it it's very gratifying, by the way. It's very gratifying when you see somebody. I, I can think of a couple of investors. One is a, a student. His name is David Rosenbaum. Um, three years ago, he came into my classroom and, and where we were teaching at Kahuna Boardroom. And single family guy, and it, and it had to work for him. Like, he's like, dude, this is my last thing. My wife's not letting me do anything else, and I've got to make this work, kind of thing, right? And so he that, got no, the information. No, no pressure, no pressure at all. No pressure. And he sat right in the very front of the room on the left hand side and was just on it. Um, he now owns almost a thousand doors. Wow. And he'll cry, dude. Like, if I get him into him, they tell me what's happening, right? And dude, he'll, and it's so cool that his life has changed. Now, listen, I'm a small portion of that. He had to do the work. But his life changed. And, and for me, that edifies me so much because I remember when I was starting out and I needed guidance. I wanted more help and more access. And I couldn't afford it and I, I couldn't really get it. And I had to do a lot of it on my own. I made so many mistakes um, that I probably wouldn't have if I had, you know, even better mentors in my life or some better systems. And so I had to claw and crave away. And so my goal was to leave a, a blaze, a path with lots of crumbs that people could clearly see that's the path that Corey took. That, that's huge. Um, so for your student, you know, one of the things I want to, you know, bring up based on what your story um, to listeners and, and viewers is that, um, you know, he had to make a decision, right? And, and, and he had to be committed, you know, and that is something that, you know, to listeners, to viewers, like, look, there's a lot of people that want to get into real estate. There's a lot of people that want to start their own business, you know, but you have to make a firm decision and you have to be firmly committed to making that happen because you don't have all the answers yet, you know, you're, but you, you have to figure out a way. That is so true, Darren. Like, listen, I'll never forget the day that I made the commitment, right? See, I started my company in 2005, but I was one foot in, right? That's why I went back to financial advisor. But when the market crashed, Right. And listen, when I'm sitting in front of John and Susie and their 401k became a 201k and then, you know, and then they want to move their money and I got to charge them a fee. Listen, my heart left the business. And so once my heart did, my sales went down as well. Sure. I got fired. Right. I, I was supposed to have a, man, a meeting with my manager at eight o'clock or 10 o'clock. I show up at eight. And my secretary can't look at me. I know the fix is on, dude. I know I'm going to get canned that day. She knows, and you could tell by looking at and her. And so, yeah. So I'm, I go into my office. I shut my door, and I'm all by myself, and I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? What's the plan, right? And I, and I will tell you, like, I remember this little voice inside saying, you know, it was like that little kid that used to dream and believe he could do anything he put his mind to. He's like, put me in. Put me in. I know what we want to do. But he's battling this 40-year-old or 35 year old, you know, dummy that's like, well, I got a mortgage, I got a wife and I got kids and, you know, all the reasons I couldn't do it. And the, and the kid's just like, yes, you can. Now I'm, I'm glad to say that that little kid, you know, beat that grown man's butt. And I remember, and, and listen, in the silence of the four walls that was surrounding me all by myself, I made the most gut-wrenching I'm telling you everything that I am commitment and I made it to myself that I would be willing to do whatever it took 
in real estate, as long as it was legal and ethical, I was willing to pay the price and burn every bridge along the way. And I meant it. I mean, it was as like saying I do to my wife. It was the biggest commitment that I'd ever made. And I, and I made it solemnly to me. And I've kept it. I'm telling you, the moment I decided and made that level of commitment, everything I've ever needed, and I've failed and made mistakes, but I'm telling you, I've never wavered from that dream and passion. And everything has shown up because of that. That's that's huge. And I think you said something else important there is that you you made that commitment because I talked about decision and commitment for that for that gentleman that it was your student, but you said that you made that commitment to yourself. And I, and I think that that's so important that you, you need to be making that decision for you, not for your wife or your kids or for somebody else. You know, it has to be so important to you that you're not going to, you're not going to let it happen where you don't reach that goal. You know, you're just going to, you're going to have pivots and you're going to have, you know, stumbling blocks, but you're going to, you're going to keep on charging ahead. It was. And, and, you know, I always say, like, I came out of that office, I was like Rocky, right? It was like, dude, I'm ready to go right, fight the fight. But in every Rocky movie, we know what happens, right? He, that's the way he feels. And then he gets clobbered, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then he has to go back and retrain and refigure it out and get better. And, and that's really the story of my journey is, you know, and that's really what happens for any entrepreneur. You have a plan, you start going forward, it doesn't work. You've got to re-strategize and re-figure out a better plan with better information. You go for it and, and then sometimes you get knocked down again and, and we keep doing it. But then over a period of time, when you look back, you're like, gosh, damn, I've come a long, long way. Absolutely. And you couldn't have seen all that, right? When, when you made the first decision, all the pivots and all the learning that had to happen. Let me, let me ask you this question. I don't even know the answer. So I'm kind of hoping it's the same as mine, but I don't know if it is. Look, I've counseled a lot, a lot of people that have been on the fence about whether it's, you know, getting into real estate or whether it's just starting their own business. And I don't have one person that left corporate America to start their own business that's come back to me and said, hey, Darren, man, that was that was a bad call. And like, I just that thing is not for me now. What has happened is some of the pivots that you've mentioned, like maybe someone went to start a business and they were three months or six months down the path and it was, they saw it wasn't working and they pivoted and they saw, hey, well, this thing over here looks like it's going to, you know, has some opportunity. So the business may not be exactly what they thought it was when they, when they started, but I don't have one person that regrets leaving and starting their own deal. Yeah. And listen, for me leaving, I left, I left being a car salesman. So listen, it was not a hard choice um, to, and, and, and listen, I was never formally, I don't have a degree. I wasn't formally educated. Um, I have done it the hard way. Um, but, but it's the journey is the reward. I have a deal in, in my bookcase over here. It really says the journey is the reward. And I believe that within my heart, I would never go back and change anything that's ever happened to me. Because it's made me who I am today. Um, at 47 years old right now, I'm living my best life. I have time. I have money. I play Monopoly now for reals, professionally. I only buy the red houses. And, um, and I'm leaving a legacy for my kids. They're probably going to pick up the business. And I, I hope that they, um, you know, quadru- smash dad. Like, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, and, and I'm okay with that because we're building a family legacy and, um, you know, and my kids may not do it. I think they will. I think they're pretty happy with, they see the benefits of real estate, but you know, either way, it has been such a great journey in the real estate realm and looking back and to have those two things, I now know what Bruce had. I now know what time and money feels like. And I'm going to tell you, it's the most valuable most precious, most life-changing thing. And what I really, only thing I wish if I could change anything different is that I would have not sacrificed time earlier on. Sometimes you got to, you got to hustle grind a little bit, but I've learned now that if you were to just block your time better and you can still have both all, all the whole journey, right? I didn't know that in the beginning. I thought I had to really hustle and grind and I did it pretty hard for a while. 
But I realized that if you'll just be smart and work smarter and calendar and, and, and really work on your um, time keeping of what you do, because a lot of times we waste valuable time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. You can have both. You can still be a full-time dad, watch your kids' games, do all that alongside of building a, a multi-million dollar business. So, I mean, the word that you used over and over in, in that, which I love, is the journey. Is that, you know, look, it doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't matter what that net worth is. Like, we're all charging to get further ahead and, you know, increase our cash flow, increase our net worth, um, freedom of time, freedom of money. But the journey is what gets me charged up. It's like, you know, setting the next goal of something that I haven't done before and then going out and figuring out a way to do it. And some of that is who can I, who can I leverage, you know, mentors, people that have done it already. Who could I partner with? You know, how can I bring other investors in? But you know, the, the end goal, a lot of times it's like the scorecard. It's like the money in the bank. It's the, you know, Okay, you redo your personal financial statement. You see that your number's bigger. But like along the way is where I get really charged up. Where like, you know, man, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm just going to go one step at a time. And Yeah. Well, I've got a new motivator too. This is a really, I call it supplier of fun. This is the only reason I do real estate now, right? It has nothing to do with any numbers. It's only called supplier of fun. All right, tell us about it. So listen, last year I took uh, five neighbors that are, we've, now I still live in, the, I can live in a really nice neighborhood. I live in the same neighborhood I've lived for the last 15 years because this is where my kids grow up and all our neighbors are friends and I out earn them, you know, a lot. Let's, you know, try to be humble here, but I out earn them quite a bit. Um, but that's not where I started. I started when they were, you know, we're all in the same playing field. Um, but they've never been to Hawaii ever. And so last year I said, honey, let's take them all to Hawaii. And we did. When, right? What do you mean by all? Like five families. <laughs> Holy cow, right? really? Yeah. Oh, that is so awesome. We, yeah. So we, I got the place, paid for all the excursions, and, um, and I got to supply the fun, right? I put us in an environment that was so cool, so wicked awesome, and no one had to worry about paying for stuff. And it was all good. I was like, please. Now, they insisted they pay for their flights. Okay. They had to, they weren't going to not let me not pay for the flights, but I paid for everything else. And, um, and so when we got there, we got to do everything because I was like, dude, we're going to go do everything. And we already got it mapped out. We already have a plan. How cool, how cool is that? And that it is what's cool. And so that's, that's what drives me now. I like for my friends, for my family, for the people that I care about. Supplier fun is what drives me, right? That, As it has nothing to do with money. I love I mean, that. I guess it is, but that's the end results of what we do. Yeah. But I want to be known for the guy that, hey, when someone says, hey, let's go to um, Australia for the Women's World Cup. And I'm like, dude, that's a great idea. Hold on, let's go. And I've already like, here's the VRBOs and I've got them booked. You know, I'm like, yeah, and we're going to take 10 people. Let's go. That, right? that, that's so cool. So cool. So I... I got to get into your inner circle. So I just I don't get, put a lot of so, value on so, money anymore. So I get the, the invite on the supplier <laughs> That's it, man. Yeah, it's good to be Corey's friend. <laughs> um, no, that's cool because, look, I had a, a coffee meeting last year with a guy um, here locally, and he's not in real estate, and he um, he's actually a financial advisor. But, like, you know, you, I'm sure you know when you're – starting out as a financial advisor, it's hard. You're not making a ton of money. You're trying to build up your book. And, and he's, so he's telling me like, look, I've got these few good clients and, you know, I really want to grow, but you know, I really don't need that much. You know, I only need really like this much money, you know, this much income. And, you know, what I told him was, look, I think you're thinking too small, you know, And he's like, but I don't need, I don't need the fancy car. I don't need the fancy house. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to have that. But I think you're a good guy. And I think that you could provide value. And I think you could provide value to more people and that you could have a much larger earning potential. 
what you do with that those funds, that's up to you. You could carve off half of that and give it to charity. Or you could do the supplier fund, which I think is very cool. So, <laughs> Lots of ways to get there. But, you know, the truth is, once you start, once you your income and your net worth has reached a level that it doesn't matter anymore, like, I'll never have to worry about, like, how, you know, how am I going to buy a car or, um, any, you know, anything trivial. I just, it does not even, that's the farthest thing from our, my mind. And so... I'm not trying to just survive or, and I'm already thriving. So there's got to be a different metric, right? That drives you because why do I come to work now? I love what I do. I love playing Monopoly, right? Now I don't play it every day. I take Fridays off, right? I don't start till, you know, 930. I get off at four every time. Like I, I've got rules on when I play. And when I play and I like to, I like to get engaged and do it. And everything else has to fit inside the box and then when i and then I, all my family vacations get scheduled first friends vacations get scheduled next and you know kids sports and games all get scheduled and then my business has to fit in the cracks yeah. and that's just the way it works and so that's how i've designed my my business and my life and that is why i'm enjoying the two things which is time and money yeah that's huge hey high level um because there's some people that are listening and watching that um, they don't understand that, like, okay, well, this guy is obviously wealthy. He's obviously done well for himself. And people keep talking about this whole multifamily thing, that it's a big wealth building. But, like, why? Why? Like, why does multifamily return big dollars to, to both general partners and limited partners? Because you can control it. One thing I learned in financial advisory land, is I didn't have much control, um, but I can control the NOI, the net operating income of properties when I know what I'm doing. In other words, I know when I buy a property that suffers from what's called deferred maintenance, things not done or unkept, right? And um, also maybe some bad management, bad systems, bad people. And we fix these things. We can generally, once we fix the... And we, how do we fix uh, deferred maintenance? We put in fresh capital to fix the broken stuff, right? And then we insert a new management company with new people, with fresh ideas and great standing, uh, standard operating procedures and, and a really nice system of how we do it. Our culture gets inserted into that, new, that older property. And when we do that correctly over a period of time, like, you know, say five years, we'll generally start bringing that property and being able to raise the rent significantly. And when we raise the rent significantly, we create lots of additional profit. And also, normally we do this right, we're gonna lower and taper off some of our bad spending, right? So you, you'd be amazed how many properties, um, the, they're spending money crazy and, and the owner has no idea what's going on because he's not in really control or touch with the operation side. And so they're spending our money on things they'll never see, or it's not the right place to spend the money. Right. And so when you do this properly, it really creates a really nice opportunity to not only pay investors a great return, but then I get the profit as well. And I think that is, and then not only that, here's the best part of it, is the community's profit. Everybody wants to live in the nicest property that they can afford. Afford, right. Yeah. And so we take these 1980s, 1990s buildings and try to put A-class management into them and then rehab them up to a really nice standard that's affordable. But we treat them like that A-class tenant, right? Yeah, yeah that's huge. Uh, there's, so there's a, there's a few things That's the there. recipe. You know, there's, uh, you know, first the difference in valuation between single family and multifamily. Um, so yeah. single family, look, you buy a house and you're, you're dependent on the comps of surrounding homes. Um, so if the neighborhood is, you know, other properties are selling at, at gains, then your property is going to go up as well and, and vice versa. Where in multifamily, it's different. You could have two properties right next to each other built in the same year, they look, they look almost the same. And one is managed very well and one is not managed very well. And they could be valued significantly different. 
because it's valued off of the cash flow, not not off of just the property. Um, so that's where you you get to say like you get to control it. You know, you, I have a way more levers to to be able to manipulate it, and um, and then you know, as an, a seasoned operator, I've learned a lot of what works and what doesn't. Right now. When I was first starting out, you know, it was a little bit riskier to, you know, maybe be a part of Corey syndication, even though I put a lot of time and effort into it. But now I have a way bigger track record and we've seen, all, I mean, there's not a lot of things we've not seen. And so, and we know what to do. And so that's really when you're looking at, you know, a syndication model or, you know, you really want to vet the operator. How many, you know, what have they done? Um, what is it, you know, show us your track record. Um, but more importantly, I think any good operator should be able to give you some testimonials or people like real investors to talk to. That's that's where you'll find them. You'll discover if the guy's full of crap or not. That, that's a good point. That's a that's a really good point. Um, investors now, never lie about money usually. No, they're, they're right. Exactly. They're, they're when they have a big winner, they're going to be out singing the praise. And if they have a loser, they're going to be telling people about that as well. They'll even so, tell more. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So, um, you know, you talk about the other thing that we didn't talk about, but multifamily versus single family is, is leverage. Like, so, and scale. you know, scale and leverage. I mean, one, you're, you know, instead of managing a single family property yourself, you're hiring, you know, a third party third party property management company, or when you get big enough, you may end up taking that in house and have your own property management company. Um, secondly, you're, you're typically getting a loan on the property anywhere between 70 and 80%. So you're leveraging the financing. Um, and then there's massive tax advantages to investing in, in real estate. So when you compare like the returns from, now you're a financial advisor, so you could talk about the returns from the stock market. If you, if you compare the returns on the stock market to the returns to investors in real estate, it's not apples to apples because the depreciation is going to cover any of the distribution. So it's, you're not being taxed on that versus. And it's not even the same because like usually, so you would say, Hey, listen, if I could get 12% consistent or an average of 12%, you know, is it the same? Um, and it's not, if you'll do, if you'll like take, you know, I started off with this in like in the financial and you track like the, I don't know, Wall Street or whatever, and anywhere it goes up and then it goes down and then it goes up and down and then eventually averages 12 and you look at the dollars, the real dollars, even though it says 12% average return or you take 12% and you just consistently do it and pay it over year over year over year, the difference is you'll have a lot more money with 12% average than the, you know, 12% negative 15, uh, you know, then 18% and then, you know, like, the curve is not the same. And that's what I've learned from the financial world. And listen, people truly in the, in the stock market are making six to 9%, maybe if that, right? I mean, that's just the average, truly. Um, and to make 12% or more or better in most syndications, and that's what most models look like, dude, you're hitting nirvana, man. Yeah. Like most people are like, and they, most people actually will think that's risky. 12% when we're in financial advisor land is like, dude, that's kind of like hitting, you know, you're in the Corvette, you know, kind of speed and that thing can kill you. Right, right. Um, now, the difference is, and maybe you could talk to this, is that... Um, but Corey doesn't you know, pay taxes either, Darren. So just, just to get the tax piece. Yes. Corey, I've not paid taxes in four or five years, right? Like, I don't pay tax. I'll never pay taxes again. That, that I think, I think... That's crazy. I remember seeing when I, this is back when I was on a uh, capital markets desk, 2002, 2006 of a, of a large international bank. And I had some guy's tax return, real estate investor, um, and he owned a bunch of properties. And I, I saw his tax return and it was like, I think his net worth was over 20 million and his tax liability was like 15 grand. Because he had so much depreciation that was allocated to him that he wasn't having to pay taxes. I mean, there's a reason Donald Trump wasn't ever going to show his tax return because the most people, you know, don't understand the rules of taxes and the benefits of real estate. 
When you own real estate, you can do what's called a cost segregation study that allows you to accelerate your depreciation. And I'll give you an example. We just bought like a $13 million building and we got a $3.5 million cost seg study, meaning we can take that $3.5 million and accelerate it and give it to us in year one. And then we can use that depreciation and carry it forward on future earnings, right? And because I'm a real estate professional, Corey Peterson is, I can use that to offset all other income. Now I have an education company, it makes money. But do I pay taxes on that money? No, why? Because my real estate business gives me all that benefit. So, you know, that goes to like meeting other people, surrounding yourself with other people, like, and finding out, you know, I remember when I first got involved, like three and a half years ago, some guy was like, hey, Darren, man, have you read the book by Tom Wheelwright, you know, Tax-Free Wealth? And I'm like, no, he's like, you got to read it. And I read it and, and I have another business too. And all of a sudden becoming a full-time real estate professional, I was able to take all this depreciation and allocate to this against this other business. I was like, oh my gosh, why, why haven't I been doing this for years? Because, you know, I, I've paid the government some pretty hefty, you know, um, uncle Sam is always yes. true. And he, he never, he never will cheat on you. Okay. Yeah. He will yeah. always get his. So what I didn't realize was, okay, well, the tax code is whatever it is, two, 3,000 pages. First five pages is like, hey, you make this much money. Here's how much you, you, know, you pay. The other is all incentives that the government puts out you know, for business owners, for real estate professionals, for people in the you know, oil industry, like all different areas where the government wants you to invest money. And so, you know, that's the plus is that, you know, one of the pluses is the, 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 you know, the tax advantages. But when you think about the impact, all of the syndicators and all of the limited partners who are investing in these deals, yeah, there's great returns. It's can be tax free. Um, but we're, we're taking those properties and improving those properties where, if those advantages weren't there, maybe people weren't going to be doing that as much. And so, you know, workforce housing may not, you know, have as many good alternatives. Oh, I totally agree. Like there's, I mean, we're producing a product that is in much need, like they don't build a 2000 or 19, you know, eighties building anymore, but they're out there and they, a lot of them need help. They need fresh capital to make it modernize it and to kind of bring it into 2021. And, you can make a lot of money by doing that. And the great thing about, and, and Darren, the last thing on the reason why apartments, you know, the, the benefits of that taxes. I mean, and by the way, that's a huge benefit. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. Um, but the scale, you know, try to buy, think about single family. You know, I got a lot of guys that are like, I'm just going to take my money to a single family. Well, that's great. But try to buy a hundred single family homes in a year. It is very hard, my friends. You have to have some systems. You probably got to have some more people, and then and then to manage all that. It's it's kind of a it's really hard. But you can buy one deal with one hundred doors and have one lawn, pretty simple in apartments. And so that scale and have the staff, the people to show the property to work and have a maintenance guy that does all the repairs that, that works on site every day Monday through Friday or whatever their time slot is. And then you also have a property management company that will do all your financials and bookkeeping and you know basically run your staff and employees and you still get to make profit. Like yeah, it's, it's crazy. a beautiful, beautiful business. It, it is a beautiful business. And you know, another thing that I don't hear too many people um, talk about, and maybe it's because of the background I come from. So I've been in the loan trading space, uh, large loan portfolios between banks um, since like 2002. And look, I saw a chart with Fannie and Freddie, like they showed, I think it was 60 or 90 day delinquency. And it was over a long, long period of time. And up until the Great Recession, up until like say 2008, they were like 60, 90 day delinquency was like 25, 35 basis points. 
less yeah. than 1%. That's not defaults. That's delinquency. And Fannie and Freddie are the largest lenders of large scale multifamily. So they have all the data they need. You know, they have through ups and downs in this market and that market. And then in the Great Recession, which it was horrible, 2008 to 2010, 11, their delinquency went up, but it went up to like 85 to 95 basis points. So still under 1% delinquency, not defaults. So, you know, that's another, I think personally, it's another save, like a kind of a check and balance is like, look, you as the syndicator put the deal together. You think you, you know, you're going to get a 75 LTV loan. Yeah. Um, well, if, Fannie and Freddie come back and offer 75% loan to value, or they even offer more than that. They, they're like, Hey, you know what? I'll even offer you 77, you know? Well, Holy cow. That that's saying that they believe that the property based on all the data they have is strong enough to produce the cash flow. And it, it does. And they do. Right. And here's the reason why I, I, I think about this, often and how most buyers buy multifamily apartments is for cash flow. So if you buy for cash flow, now some people in some markets don't always work out this way, but for most of them, they kind of do is that, you know, you may have to supplement cash flow in year one because you got to fix some stuff, but usually by year two, you're kind of there. Right. And if the market kind of craters, you still have the cash flow. You're not normally, lowering rents are very abnormal to lower rents rents don't usually go down they usually always go up and if they go down it's for a very short period of time to fix a short-term problem called vacancy right but like vacancy doesn't last very long because once you lower it you fill it back up and then you bring you come back to market pretty quickly and usually market will is allows you to cash flow in other words make your debt service payment and you know, you may not make payments to investors if that was the case, if you had a, a downturn, but most of them will survive. And so that really is the beauty of uh, what, it, because in the Great Recession, apartments didn't get hit like bad. In fact, it was a great time to be in one. Great time to be buying, right? Yeah. Right. And, and that's why, I mean, I bought my first one. I bought it in 2011, right, for 3.2 million bucks. Um, and I held it for five years and I sold it for 8.8 million. 3.2 to 8.8. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I mean, I got one right now that I bought three years ago in, um, I can't say where yet because I've not sold this deal or not. It's not under contract, but it's, I've got an LOI that I bought for 8.9 million and I just got an offer for 20.3 million bucks, less than three years. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a that's thing. it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So, Hey, before we got on the, on the call, you said that, um, I was asking you if there was anything that you could maybe share with, uh, you know, listeners and viewers. And, and you said you had a book that you had, you'd written and that you'd, you know, be open to, um, sharing that with people. Yeah, I would love. So this is my book It's called uh, copy your way to success, standing on the shoulders of giants which is really what we've talked about today is learning from others and trying to um, unlock some mysteries of the game of multifamily. And so I would love to give you that. We will, uh, my team will give you this book for free. It's not free plus shipping. It's just free. We'll ship it to you. But to get it, all you got to do is text the word book, B-O-O-K, to 480-500-1127. So 480 480- 500-1127. Follow the prompts and we'll send you the book. And uh, I, the thing is, I wrote every word of it, Darren, right? This did, is you, not like, oh, did you really? Yes. And this book should make you laugh, uh, make you cry, and probably inspire you to be the best you possible. It's my hero's journey. It's, it really talks about my start to, 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 to becoming successful, the journey, right, and how I did it. And it's an amazing story. And it's, it really, there's a couple parts in here that as I was writing them, and I wrote this book while I was flying a lot of times. And one time, you know, when I'm in some of the pain parts, I'm sitting there 
crying as I'm describing I, on the, the airplane. Yeah. And people are sitting next to you looking at you going, what's wrong? I wonder if they thought that I was going to like, it was jihad time or something. I don't know. I shut my laptop and, but uh, yeah, I was, you know, it was really weird, but like I had to get pushed through it because it was, it was the piece uh, that was true, you know, and then I had to describe it and to relive it. It was hard and painful. Well, so, I appreciate you sharing that with people. I, I know that when I got started three and a half years ago, I was, you know, and, it's, and I think it's part of the path for most people is like when you, all right, you make a decision to get in, then it's like absorb education, right? I just listened to a ton of podcasts. I, I read as many books as I could get my hands on. I didn't know about your book. I don't know if it was out, out three and a half years ago or not, but, uh, you know, that's something that if you're looking to get in the space, man, you just got to absorb the success lessons of other people. So that that's awesome that you're willing to share that. Yeah. Um, and the last one is to go to get on our podcast, check out our multifamily legacy podcast. We, we teach a lot. I mean, I just, I put it out there and I talk about the dirt. I feel like not, not enough people talk about the dirt, like all the things that go wrong and how you can lose money and how, how you can get swindled and, and I think that's where our, my strength is. I've never, ever, I've never been afraid or ashamed to say, here's some of my mistakes. Yeah. So um, t- talk about some of the things that we were talking about that earlier in the, po- in the uh, podcast was that, you know, you've started layering stuff on top. So you've got a podcast. Um, what's the name of the podcast again? Multifamily Legacy Podcast. Okay. So, so check him out on that. You also have a, uh, a website. Um, yeah. Where, where can people find you on the, on the website? Yeah. So it's kahunawealthbuilders.com. That's our education piece, right? Kahunawealthbuilders.com. And then what else you got? You've got a mastermind. You have a uh, capital raising summit. Are the, uh, would they find all of that on that page or? Yeah. If they'll go to Kahuna Wealth Builders, there's links to all that stuff, right? So it, it'll, there's our courses, our books, our events that are coming. And um, so, yeah, that, that's a great place to, to figure it out. We've, um, you know, it's, it's really been a fun journey, man. It's, it's fun to teach others. It's fun to play the game. It really is life changing. And I, all I can tell you is I, I got to sometimes pinch myself because if I knew the life that I would be living, that I live now, I would have said you're absolutely like full of crap, but um, it is a great life. And multifamily has given me time and money just like Bruce had. And it's changed my life. That, that's huge. But I also want to give you credit because look, you actually had to take, you know, a risk, you know, you had to jump off. You had to make that first investment. You had to do the learning. You had to, you know, look, it's competitive to win deals. You know, you had to get out there and, and build relationships. Um, so you did the work also. Um, so, so I applaud you for that. Hey, another thing you mentioned earlier was like wasting time and having to charge for things. I, when I started the podcast, I went down to Austin. I met with a few different people and, um, one of the guys that I, I ended up interviewing, he, he had told me, uh, we, we got together just for coffee and he's like, Hey, Darren, man, I, I had all these people that were reaching out to me and I love to like help people, but I found I had all these people that, you know, I talked to them for a half hour or an hour on the call. And then all of a sudden I have no idea if they did anything after that. Right. And yeah. so it got to the point where I was spending too much of my time with people that may not be fully committed. So he's like, I started to put a dollar figure, you know, to talk to me and I started to offer classes because I wanted to be working with the right people, the people that were, had already made the decision that they were committed and they needed somebody to help them along the way. So I think that that gets lost on some people. I mean, there's, look, there's a lot of courses, there's a lot of masterminds, there's a lot of, you know, different opportunities for people to, um, you know, to partner with people to learn. But I think they have to understand that, you know, some of these people, they don't have to do it. You know, it's like, you know, so you want to do it with the people that you know are going to have success. Yeah. And doing it now, like really, you know, there's a lot of people that, that teach that don't do. And you want someone that's doing it now that teaches because that's, you know, 
it's really part of my mission and part of who I am, right? So I, I teach because I love, um, I love the game. I, I will always will, and I enjoy giving back. And I enjoy, I watch. It's funny to, it's just, it's fun to watch other people get that same fire and light that I had, right? Um, that I still have, and um, it's neat to see them get in gear and then start heading towards their dreams and their goals. It's the most rewarding thing of, of what I get to do. Um, and it helps me be a better supplier of fun. That's awesome. So what's your big next big stretch goal? I don't have a stretch goal. So here's here's how Corey plays the game. Okay. Well, you said supplier I'm, of fun. So like how big yeah. how big of a supplier of fun can you be? Yeah, well, so here's my thing, right? I this is how Corey works. Here's all I want to do is do one to three deals a year. How many? One to three. Okay. Not really four because that's too much work. That's going to get in my time factor, right? But now I've increased the deal size, right? That's how you play the game. You want to do more, just buy a bigger deal. Um, so, you know, we buy between, you know, look, right now we're in the $20 million space. That's kind of our new favorite 20 to $30 million is kind of our new kind of asset we like to buy. Um, but do one or two, three of those a year, and that's the pace. That's that, that's all I do. I don't need to do it. Um, I'm happy where I'm at now, but my team is geared to do that, and we like that. Um, that's really the pace, and so that's what I'll be doing probably till I die, right? <laughs> one to three deals a year enjoying the game, traveling a lot, watching my kids grow up, being a great dad, being a great father, um, being a great husband to my wife, um, enjoying everything, being a part of as much as I can go, you know, take art classes, Jeep a lot, go on epic trails and, and, you know, go to Sturgis and ride my motorcycle. That's my lifestyle. I don't even, I don't have a stretch goal. I just have a nice, simple, let's do one to three deals a year. Let's continue doing that till I die and all things are great. That's awesome. Um, so riding your, your bike at Sturgis, well, if we ever get an opportunity, I'd love to go riding with you. I don't have a bike, but I, I love riding. And when you I can rent that, one in Sturgis, baby. Exactly. I, when I, when I mentioned that Austin trip, I rented a big old Harley here in Dallas and drove down to Austin. And I was itching to ride. So um, would love to do that with you. Hey, what do you like to do outside of work besides riding motorcycles? Uh, Jeep. I've Jeep. got, I've got, I've got three Jeeps that are, uh, I just got my new one yesterday and it is so awesome. Uh, I, I mean, I, I rock crawl. I go out and do things that people probably shouldn't do with their Jeeps. Um, I always thank the Jeeps that are on the, I call them mall crawlers, the one that are always on the pavements. I thank them for keeping my insurance <laughs> low, right? Because, uh, we go out and try to see if we can almost roll them. And, um, oh man. So, and it's a, here's what I love about that. That's another supplier of fun. I just took out three guys from out of town yesterday and that's what they came in. We flew in, we were doing some business together, but then I was like, Hey, let's go out and do this. And I give them an experience of doing that. And they were all dude, they were just from ear to ear. Like that was cool. Cause they, I think they almost pooped their pants a little bit. So <laughs> I, I don't know you that well, but I could tell that you're you you behind the wheel with some people in there for the first time that you're probably gonna push the boundaries a little bit to see. see listen, who can I've take got it and I've who got can. routes that are pre-built and pre-planned, and I know. Listen, it's all automated at this point, but it everybody gets the same feeling every time. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's funny. That's funny. Hey, uh, we talked about like your website and stuff. What's the best way for people to reach out to you? Is is it from? The website or is there another it way? It is. Okay. Well, listen, I mean, I, 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 I don't answer my phone. Uh, don't email me because that's the worst place to, to, I don't look at that. Really got people that look at my emails. They scan you and get you out of there. So <laughs> <laughs> the best place is those three things. Listen to my podcast. If you like it, keep listening. Uh, go to my website, Kahuna Wealth Builders. If you want some education, we got some free stuff. Uh, called the Quick Start Workshop Guide. You can get that for free. Just click it, download it. We'll teach you how to raise private money and how to find deals. And it's a great, uh, some great video training. And then, um, um, and then the book, right? Get the book. So those are the three best places. That's how you start your journey. And then one of those places you'll be able to 
get into my network and figure out. And then, um, you know, if you want to go to one of our courses, you'll, you'll find that naturally. Awesome. Awesome. Corey, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, it, it was a blast and, um, you know, hopefully I get out and, and see you out in, in Arizona at some point. Come on. If you're ever in Arizona, if you don't call me up, I will take you rock crawling. I got some epic spots. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's a little, little bit about what I'm worried about, but, but, uh, Hey, I'll even ever, let you drive Darren. All right. If you're ever in Dallas, look me up and, uh, you know, I look forward to it. Hey listeners, I hope you enjoyed that one until next week. I'm signing off. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend.